Good morning. Happy New Year to you all, and thank you so much for having me here today. Uh, it's good to have Pastor Denny here. I'm, I was wishing, too, like you, that you had gotten through that already, but you've got that to look forward to, right? Just so I'm always sure when I go to a place that I haven't preached at forever or for a long time, I'd like to share a story to get your attention. It seems like there was a pastor who was making his rounds to some of his parishioners, and he was walking along, and I'm going to change this from summertime to wintertime. He was walking along, and he came upon a little kid who had a lawnmower, excuse me, there I go. He had a snowblower sitting there with a for sale sign on it. And he said, why are you selling that, son? And he said, I want to get money to buy a bicycle. And he goes, well, is it a good snowblower? And he goes, oh, yeah, it's great. And he said, well, how much are you asking for? What do you need to buy the bicycle? And the little kids thought for a minute, and he said, how about $25? And the preacher said, well, that sounds pretty good to me. You got yourself a deal. So he gave the boy the $25, and he, he went over to the snowblower, and he began to pull on it. It was old style. He pulling on it and pulling on it and pulling on it. And he just kept pulling on it, and nothing was happening. And he finally said to the little boy, he said, you said this worked. What's the problem? And he said, well, after you pull on it for a while, you got to start cussing at it. And he goes, son, I'm a pastor. I haven't cussed for so long, I can't even remember how. He said, well, you just keep pulling on that rope, and it'll come back to you. <laughs> I hope it doesn't, but... <laughs> I always felt like the first service of the new year was a very important service, and it also put pressure on a pastor to come up with something to maybe push the people forward. And I'm, I'm so glad to see that you're talking about getting into the Word and, and getting more into God's will for your life. And so what I would like to talk to you about today, as we look to the new year to try to figure out what God has for us. You know, so many people are like, well, have you made a New Year's resolution? Are you going to exercise? Are you going to diet? Are you going to do this? You're going to... I don't really care about any of those things. That's your own personal business. But what I do care about is growing in the Lord each and every day, month, and year. And the first of the year is a good time to start thinking about how can I grow and become more of what God would have me to be. In a moment, if you want to turn in your Bibles, I'll be reading just a few verses from Isaiah chapter 54. But I want to talk to you today about stretching your spiritual habitations by growing in your spiritual walk with the Lord. Some other companion verses would be Exodus 34, 24, where the, word said, where the Lord said to Moses, I will enlarge your borders, I will drive out nations before you. Or in 1 Chronicles 4.10, the famous prayer of Jabez, when Jabez says, Oh God, bless me and enlarge my coast. The Bible says over and over again in different places that we are to grow, that we are to become more than we were in the past. That this year you ought to become a better Christian, a stronger Christian than you were last year. Over and over it tells us we are to grow. You know, the Bible also says even Christ, our Savior, grew in wisdom and stature daily. So you and I need to do that as well. So a kind of a different passage of scripture, Isaiah chapter 54. I want to read the first five verses to you, and then we'll really pick on verse number two after we get into it. Verse one of chapter 54 in Isaiah. Sing, O barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy, you who were never in labor, because 
more are the children of the desolate woman than of her husband, than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Verse 2, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Do not be afraid. You will not suffer shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. For your master is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. The Lord will call you back. And I think that verses, those verses are so important because it's talking about a time when Israel wasn't exactly where God wanted them to be, but the, the reaffirmation that God would always call them back and always bring them back. But you and I have to grow. Listen to this story, please. His name was Mr. Miyamoto. He had, he had lived in the city of Detroit as a young man. And Mr. Miyamoto wanted to become a policeman, but he could not become a policeman because he was not tall enough. They had height requirements, and he did not measure up. So he wanted desperately to be a policeman. So he thought up this ingenious idea of stretching himself. It, it really does work, but anyway. He practiced and used stretching exercises. He did everything you could think of. And on one particular day when he was going to be measured, he even had his wife hit him on the head with something to give him a bump to make him a little taller. <laughs> now, if that was my wife, she would have said, honey, I don't think you're tall enough yet. Let me do that again and again. But anyway, he kept doing these stretching exercises. He worked on it for over a month doing all sorts of different things. And at the end of the month, he had actually grown one and a half inches. Ingenuity beyond degree. Imagine stretching yourself to become a policeman. That's probably not going to happen in this world today. But he did it, and he got to the point where he became what he wanted to be. Can I tell you today that I think that God wants you and I as Christians to stretch. I think that God wants this church to stretch. I think God wants us to be more than we are today, more than we were last year or five years ago. I, I believe that he always wants us to keep growing. You know, I think in the church, too often we worry about little things and we stress out over the little things. But in this portion of God's word, he talks about what he wants to do for us, but it requires us to do something. I think too often... We have thought that God isn't all that he needs to be for us. In Ephesians chapter 3 is one of my favorite verses. And it's the Apostle Paul writing to the church. And I like this verse because it again tells us how much God wants to do for us. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says this. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. God wants us to realize that he wants to do more than we can ask or imagine. You cannot out-ask God. You cannot out-think God. You cannot out-imagine God. You can't out-dream God, and you can't out-do God. He wants to do so much for us. 
But we put limits on God. Well, we think, well, this pandemic's just beat the church up so much, nothing is ever going to happen again. That's not true. It may be different. There may be changes that we'll have to make, but God still has a plan. But too many Christians today have said, this is where we're at. If I keep looking at my shoe, it's because it feels like it's coming untied, and I don't want to trip down and have to go for hip surgery with you. <laughs> Bob and Denny in opposite beds. God wants to do more than we can ask, think, or imagine, but I think too long we have felt like this is all we can be. We can't grow anymore. We can't do anymore. I am who I am, and that's all that I am. Who said that? Do you remember? Popeye, Popeye right. I am what I am. That's all that I am. But that's not true with you and I as Christians. God wants us to know that we can grow. I can be the man or the woman that God would have me to, do, to be. I can be the young person that God would have me to, to be. But before any of that stretching goes on, before we grow in Christ and become all that he wants us to be, we have to know Jesus as our Savior. We have to accept him as our Savior. We have to realize that he died for us, and we'll talk more about that later on. But God wants us to grow. Now, Isaiah chapter 54, again, back to that, verse 2 and that's where we'll spend all our time from here on out, pretty much. We'll bounce back to Ephesians in a minute. But Isaiah chapter 54, let me read verse 2 to you again. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. It just kind of bounces out at you. You ought to underline those. Enlarge the place of your tents. Stretch forth the curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen the cords and strengthen the stakes. Just bam, 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 right out of that verse. You and I are to, to grow. Do you understand? We are to grow if we expect God to do anything for us. It's important to note that God doesn't say that he's going to do that, does it? It doesn't say, I'm the one who's going to enlarge the, the tent. I'm the one that's going to stretch you. It doesn't say that. It says you are to stretch. You are to not hold back. You are to lengthen the cord. You are to strengthen your stakes. But too often today, we expect God to do everything first. You know, you ask people, so what do you think is going to happen in the church? I don't know. God's got something, but we're not sure what it is yet. Why don't you think you're the kind of Christian you ought to be? Why don't you spend more time in prayer? I don't know, but I think God's got something for me. I'm just waiting for it. We're always waiting for God to do something. But did you ever think that sometimes God is waiting for you to do something? One of the things, the sad things that have happened in the last couple of years is the lack of volunteerism in the church. I talked to my son quite a bit, and he's a pastor in New York. And he said, the, many of the people who were faithful in doing everything before all this began are saying, Pastor, I don't think I want to do that anymore. I think I've done it long enough. Let somebody else do it. And then the next person says, I, don't, I can't do it. <clears throat> this is a little story about four people. Listen carefully. You'll see yourself in one of these. Their names are everybody, somebody, anybody, and nobody. There was an important job to be done, and everybody was sure that somebody would do it. Somebody got angry about that because it was everybody's job. Everybody thought that anybody could do it, but nobody realized that everybody hadn't done it. It ended up that everybody blamed somebody and nobody did what anybody could have done. Now, did you get that little tongue twister? We always look around and say, somebody's going to do it. Anybody could do it. Everybody could do it. Why doesn't somebody do it? But nobody does it. 
Things don't happen many times in the church because nobody is willing to step up and do it. They say, well, I've done all this stuff. I'm where I need to be. I know Christ is my Savior. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is where I'm at. That's just not enough. That's not enough in the world that we live in today that is so decrepit and so sick and so nasty and so evil. We need the Christians more than ever to stand up today and say, Lord, enlarge me. Do something different in me. Make me more than I am today. The Christian I was last year probably isn't going to be good enough. And even if it is, Lord, I know I can be better. So I want you to, to make me stretch a little bit and become all that you would have me to be. So number one in your outline is simply this from that verse. God wants me to enlarge my life. God wants me to enlarge my life. You need to come to a place in your life where you realize the spiritual dwelling that you are now in is not big enough. Does anybody here feel like they've already become everything that God would have them to be? And I hope you don't. And I hope nobody listening online thinks that. God wants you to enlarge your life. Enlarge me, Father. Make me more than I am. When you become dissatisfied with your Christian walk, when you say, I know I'm not praying enough for people. I know I'm not witnessing enough. I know I'm not reading the word enough. I know I'm not helping enough. I know I'm not there enough for people. Then you begin to become enlarged. You begin to become what God would have you to be. Lord, I want you to enlarge my life. I want you to make me more than I am. I want you to make me something better than I am. If you like sports, you know that every pro athlete who's ever been successful has an innate ability to always want to get better. And when they stop getting better, guess what? They stop playing usually. Musicians practice and practice and practice and practice to get better. And when they stop, they begin to go backwards. You and I as Christians need to get to that point where we say, Lord, enlarge my Christian walk. Enlarge my spiritual life. Make me better than I was before. But too often we hear people say, no, don't, don't, Lord, don't make me do that. I don't want to go forward. I don't want to teach that class. I don't want to witness to that person. I don't want to talk to this fellow about the problems he's going through. I'm just happy where I'm at. You know, people like that, some of you perhaps are to that point where you think things are okay. If we're going to be enlarged by the master, we have to be willing to shake off the things that we're saying no to him about now. We have to make that commitment to read through the word in a year. We have to make that commitment to pray for the loved ones that we have who don't know Christ. We have to be willing to do that. Some quick things that will help you to do that is, number one, you've got to get a bigger vision of your God. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Not to him who is able to do exceedingly more than you ask or imagine. Don't think I can't do it. Get a big vision of God. God can do it, right? And you just trust him to do it. If this church is going to go forward, if you're going to grow, that has to happen. You need to give yourself totally to Christ. Not just part of yourself, all of yourself to him. Lord, I'll give you the weekend. Wait, Lord, I'll give you Sunday. No, wait, Lord, I'll give you Sunday morning. I'll give you Sunday morning if that's okay. That two hours out of the 168 hours in the week, they're yours, Lord. 
That's not enlarging your life. That's not stretching. That's not becoming all that he wants you to be. So if you're going to enlarge your life, you've got to be willing to give yourself totally to Christ. And you have to grow in the scriptures daily because you will not get smarter as a Christian. Then he's a great preacher, but he's not going to help you to get all the knowledge you need out of this book. You're going to have to get into this book. I'm not old yet, real old. But I've talked to people older than me. There was a fellow in my last church that was 90, I think 91 when I left. And he still says, I get new stuff out of reading this book. And he reads it all the time. You know, there's just so much. If we get into God's word, that'll make a difference in our life. If that happens, if you give yourself totally to the Lord, if you get a vision of a big God, and if you spend time in his word, he will begin to enlarge your life. The second thing is this. God wants me to stretch my life. God wants me to stretch. Isaiah 54 verse 2 again says that. And God wants you to do your part. Enlarge your life and stretch your life. And if you do, he says in verses 4, 5, and 6. Do not be afraid. You will not suffer shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth. And remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. For your maker is your husband, the Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called the God of the earth, and the Lord will call you back. God wants me to stretch my life. When I begin to stretch my life, then good things will begin to happen. Do you know something? Stretching hurts. Stretching really hurts. If I asked any of you, most of you, some of you probably could, but if I asked you to bend over and touch your toes... Yeah, it's probably not going to happen for a lot of us. It hurts me just to think about it. And I said I wouldn't get into New Year's resolutions. But I do have a, a simple philosophy on exercise, and it's this. I start slow, and I gradually taper off. <laughs> I went to a, a physical therapist once, and I was having trouble with my shoulders. And one of the exercises he told me to do was put your hands behind your back, and hold your hands together, and then just pull back, pull back, pull back till your hands are all the way below your back end. And I'm like, that hurts. And he goes, you got to do that if you want to get better. And I'm like, no, it hurts. So then he began to pull on my shoulders and stuff. And I'm like, that hurts. When you begin to stretch, it hurts. When you begin to pull on things, it, it hurts. But if you are going to do all that God wants you to, to do, you're going to have to learn to stretch. There are going to be times when God begins to stretch you and you feel like he's just pulling you apart. You, you feel like this is hurting too much, God. It's not fun for me anymore. Sometimes we'll be stretched by sacrifices. Sometimes we'll be stretched by serving. Sometimes we'll be stretched by suffering. And they're not always fun, are they? But if we're going to be everything that God wants us to be, if the church is going to be everything that God wants it to be, you're going to have to learn to stretch. I don't know what that means for you as individuals. I'm not talking in a physical sense. I don't know how God wants to stretch you. Maybe he wants you to do some things that you never thought of doing. Maybe he wants you to go out on the street and go up to somebody and say, hey, how you doing? My name's Bob. I'm Christian. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? And they're like, well, I don't. You know, that's stretching. And sometimes it hurts to do that because you feel uh, so vulnerable when you do that. But I believe that that's part of what God wants us to do when he tells us he, that we have to stretch. We have to be willing to do some things that we hadn't done before. Maybe he's asking you to go back and talk to somebody that you wronged. 
We listened to our son preaching this morning before we came. And that's one of the things he was talking about. Maybe you have to go back and tell somebody, I did this to you a long time ago. You may not even remember it, but I remember it and it hurt me to do it and I shouldn't have done it. I am sorry. Will you please forgive me? Sometimes we have to do those things. And the stretching needs to go on as long as you walk with the Lord. It's never going to stop, people. It's never going to stop. If you're going to be all that God would have you to be, he's always going to be stretching you because there's always more to learn and there's always more to give. Number three in your outline is this. God wants us to not hold back. Not hold back. Okay, I'll stretch a little, but not that much. I'll enlarge my border some, but not that much. I can only give you this much, Lord. I'm not going to give you all that you might want. Listen, someone wrote a great poem that just explains this much better than I ever could. She said, I said, Lord, let me walk in the fields. He said, no, <clears throat> no, you walk in the towns. I said, but there are no flowers in the towns. He said, no flowers, but a crown. I said, but the sky is blackened and there is nothing but noise and din. He wept as he sent me back. He said, there is more, there is sin. I said, but the air is thick and the fog's abating the sun. He said, yes, hearts are sick and souls are lost in the dark, yet undone. I said, I shall miss the light and my friends, they'll miss me, they say. He answered me, you choose tonight if I am to miss you or they. I pleaded for time to be given. He said, is it hard to decide? It will not seem hard in heaven if you have followed the steps of your guide. I cast one look at the field, then I set my face to the, to the town. He said to me, my child, will you yield to me? Will you leave the flowers for the crown? Then into his hand went mine, and into my heart came he, and I walked in a light divine, the path that I had feared to see. You can't hold back. If you want to be all that God wants you to be, you've got to be willing to go where God tells you to go. You got to be willing to talk to the people that God tells you to talk to. You got to be willing to change anything in your life that might be offensive to others with God's help. You have to be willing to do that. You can't hold back. God wants me to enlarge my life. God wants me to stretch my life. God wants me to not hold back and God wants me to add to my life. Number 54, or number four in your outline. There's not 54 points, trust me. I was going to say I'd get you out in time for the game tonight, Jeff, even though it's 7 o'clock, but if there's 54 point, points, I can't. All right, God wants me to add to my life. Lengthen the cords, he says in verse 2. Small ropes will not hold a large tent. Little faith will not see a big God. If you're going to enlarge your spiritual dwelling, if you're going to stretch the curtains of your life, then you will have to add some rope to the cords to make it bigger. When I was in the service, we had a lot of radio antennas on the base where I was at. Just literally hundreds of antennas. If you've ever seen these antennas, they have some really big ones in Texas. I think the biggest one in America is down in Texas. There's a unique thing about these towers that they built. You know what it is? However tall the tower is, the cord that holds it has to be at least twice as long. So if they build a tower 1,000 feet high, the cord has to be 2,000 feet, the cables that hold it. That's like a half a mile, if I'm not mistaken. You know? So if you and I are going to grow and be everything that God would have us to be, 
and, and be strong for him, then we have to, to lengthen the cords. How do we do that? Well, I'll give you just some quick things. You have to spend more time in prayer. You have to spend more time in scripture. You have to spend more time loving other people. You have to spend more time in fellowship. You have to spend more time in faith. You have to spend more time in trust. You just have to spend more time doing everything that God would have you to do. Because if you're going to be strong and stand strong for him, you got to make sure you are founded deep and so that you are able to, to do what he would have you to do. You have to make sure the cords are strong enough to hold you. I think each one of you, I think every one of us as a Christian, once we give our heart to Christ, we have a testimony to share. Do I think once you get saved, you ought to run out and start telling people? Yeah, I do. But most people are not comfortable to, to do that. So you might have to add to the cords a little bit. Maybe you want to Talk to the pastor, talk to your Sunday school teacher, your Bible study teacher, and say, how do I do that? How do I tell somebody what happened to me? And they will give you some guidelines as to how to do that. Maybe you want to teach a, a Sunday school class, but you're not really qualified yet. So you do the same thing. You talk to those who are, and they'll give you some advice, and they'll help you to add to the cords of your life so that you can become better able to do what God would have you to do. Are you getting all this? That's a lot of stuff, isn't it? A lot of stuff to do if you want to be everything that God wants you to be. The fifth and the last one is this. If I want to be all that God wants me to be, if I want to stretch in 2022, if I want to grow in Christ, if I want this church to grow, I have to drive deep the stakes of my life. 54 verse 2, let me read it again. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen the cords and strengthen your stakes. If you're going to be everything that God wants you to be, you have to make sure that you have a firm foundation. What's the song you sang as a little kid? And the rains came down and the floods came up and the guy that built his house on the sand, this house just went splat. But the guy that built his house on the rock with a good foundation, the wise man, it kept going. If you and I are going to be what God wants us to be, we have to do that. Now, let me go back to the New Testament again, because I want to kind of wrap this up. Ephesians 3.20 is the verse we started with from the New Testament. Let me read you 3.16. Paul writes, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through the spirit in your innermost being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, then you go on to have all these other things. You have to be rooted in your walk with the Lord. You have to have the stakes driven deep. You have to be ready to withstand any storm, any adversity, any trouble that might come your way if you're going to be all that God wants you to be. What do you want to do for the Lord in 2022? Do you want to just come to church every Sunday? Yes, I want you to. They want you to. We all want you to. Do you want to just grow yourself in the Lord? Yes, of course we want that to happen. But we also want you to reach out and make a difference in other people's lives. You remember the story about everybody, anybody, nobody, and somebody. We are the somebodies. We are the anybodies. We might be the everybodies. I don't think any of you are nobodies. But every one of us have to be willing to do what God would ask us to do this year. Why is it so important? Why is it so important that we grow? I'm going to read just one more thing to you in closing. 
it's to me is one of the most unbelievable stories, but it's actual came out of a newspaper in Philadelphia, Ohio. That is right, Philadelphia, Ohio. They reported in September in 1985 a celebration at a New Orleans municipal pool was going on. The party around the pool was held to, held to celebrate the first summer in that town's history that they went through a whole summer without a single person drowning in any city pool. So in honor of the occasion, 200 people gathered together, including 100 certified lifeguards. As the party was breaking up and four lifeguards on duty began to clear the pool, they found a fully dressed body in the deep end. They tried to revive Jerome Moody, who was 31 years old, but it was too late. He had drowned surrounded by lifeguards who were celebrating their successful season. Now, the person that gave me this went on to write, I wonder how many visitors and strangers are among us drowning in loneliness hurt, doubt, while we, who are the ones who could help them, don't realize it. We Christians absolutely have a reason to celebrate. Our mission, as the old, home set, or the old hymn says, however, is to rescue the perishing. And often, they are right next to us. Why is it so important? Why is it so important for you and I to grow? If we don't grow, if we don't stretch, if we don't become everything that God would have us to be, there may be someone who does not find Jesus. And I know Christ has plans and God has plans for everyone, but many times we are part of those plans. And they might be right next to you. They might live with you. They might go to school with you. They might be in your church. And they don't know Christ. Stretch. Don't be so afraid. Don't be so afraid. I was just a sophomore in high school when I gave my heart to Christ. Every day when I went to, to my classes, whatever they were, I'd put my books on the desk and I would put my Bible on top of them. And there were some people who made fun of me, but I didn't care. But I did that all the time. And you know what? Nothing ever happened other than people making fun of me. But then it was almost 15 plus years, maybe, after I graduated from high school. A kid that was in high school with me came up to me and he said, you know what, Bob? He said, now I know why you put your Bible on your desk every day. He said, I found Jesus as my Savior because you did that. And I thought, that's not a big thing. But I had to stretch a little bit to do it because I wanted to be a, an accepted person. I wanted people to like me, and that was kind of different. But it made a difference in his life, just that tiny bit of stretching. Will you stretch for the Lord? Will you enlarge your tent? Will you stretch the, tent, the, the cord so that it'll hold a bigger tent? Will you not hold back? Will you drive the stakes deep? It'll make all the difference in your Christian walk. And it'll make all the difference in this church if more and more people would do that. But the very most important thing that it'll make a difference is someone else might find Christ because of it. Would you stand with me, please?
I'd like to close with a simple prayer. I talk about the fact that sometimes the people sitting next to you may not know Christ and the story about the lifeguards. There were those who could have saved that man, but they did not know. They were too busy celebrating and doing other things. And as a pastor, I want to always, with God's direction, give people a chance to accept Jesus. Perhaps someone here today, perhaps someone who is listening, needs to know Christ as their Savior. It's a very simple thing. You just admit that you're a sinner. You confess your sins. You, you accept the fact that Jesus paid the price on the cross for you, and you invite him to come into your heart. So would you all please just bow your heads and close your eyes. I will say that simple prayer, and if you're here and you do not know Jesus, or if you're listening today and you do not know Jesus, you can pray this prayer as I say the simple words. Father, I am a sinner, and I know that. I confess those sins to you. I know you died to pay the price for those sins. And I accept your payment this morning. And I ask you, Jesus, to be my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, whether you're listening or you're here in person, I'd like you to just maybe tell Pastor Denny about it, and he can help you with the steps going forward. Now, let me pray for all of us. I want you to think for a minute where God might want you to stretch. Just bow your heads again and say, Lord, I know there's areas where I need to stretch and grow and enlarge my life. Would you show them to me? I'm just going to give you a moment to, to bow your heads and think about that, and then I'll close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I know that all of us need to change things. I know that all of us can become more of what you would have us to be. You saw and you heard in their hearts each person today and what they're thinking is an area that perhaps they can stretch more. They can enlarge their Christian walk more. Whatever they were thinking, I pray that you would begin to help them to do that through the power of your Holy Spirit at work in their lives. I pray that for all of us, Father. We're never going to attain all that you want us to. But with your help, we can keep moving forward we can keep growing little by little. We can keep becoming all that you want us to be. And as we as individuals do that, then the church here and the church throughout the world will begin to see things like we would like them to be, where people are coming back to church because someone invited them, where people are giving their hearts to Christ because someone challenged them with that where churches are beginning to grow again, not subside as we've seen so much in the last two years. Father, your word promised in the Old Testament to Israel that you would give them back and you would help them to stretch their lands and to move forward. I pray this morning that you would help us to take that promise for us today and know that you want to do great things. Help us to remember Ephesians 3.20, Lord. You're able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or imagine. We love you so much. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for speaking to our hearts this morning. May you go with us from this place with a renewed desire to see ourselves grow 
and the kingdom grow in 2022. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.